Welcome to a year in the life of a seahorse. Over the course of this series, we'll be speaking with Karen, a Wisconsin woman who discovered she inherited the CDH1 gene mutation, which led her to make some life-changing decisions in regard to her health and body. Spending a little over a year with Karen between September 2020 and November 2021, we learned about this gene mutation, its impact on stomach and breast cancer, the lifestyle changes associated with it, and how the seahorse is the unofficial mascot for people who have had a total gastrectomy, as seahorses don't have stomachs themselves. In our fourth episode, Karen spoke with us in late November 2021 about what a full year of living without a stomach was like, and the next big step she'll be taking in her journey. Karen, thank you so much again for being with us. We really appreciate you joining us in our fourth episode here, talking about your CDH1 gene mutation journey. And again, we're so grateful that you're sharing your story and and informing us and just giving us an inside look on the life of someone with this gene mutation and who's living without a stomach. So as a reminder to our audience, we spoke to Karen right before she had her stomach surgery um, and then at three months out and then seven months out since her surgery. So uh, I guess at a high level, Karen, if you can give us an update on your journey and how far out you are now from your total gastrectomy. So it's a month and a half since my one-year follow-up from my total gastrectomy over at NIH. Things have been going pretty well. I did actually find out while I was at NIH that my uh, iron levels were starting to actually deplete. So they have had me on some additional iron supplementation just because of how my levels are starting to get. But my energy still feels a little here and there, uh, depending on the day. Today actually is Thanksgiving, and we did put up our Christmas decorations because we're actually having our big family get together tomorrow. Normally, we do our decorating the day after. It was actually kind of an exhausting day um, from doing that, so I am a little bit tired um, at this point. But otherwise, you know, things have been going really well. Just really grateful that I was able to be able to help my family throughout this whole year um, with a lot of big projects around the house. I'm, I'm also really grateful just for medical care that actually is able to help individuals who have the CDH1 mutation. Um, just because, I mean, if you were to go back 20, 25 years ago, this type of knowledge was not really well known. So uh, we've definitely advanced, but it's still definitely in its early stages, but definitely looking forward to see where it's going to go in the future. Great. Really appreciate you bringing us uh, up to speed here, Karen. So uh, when you gave us your last update at seven months out from your surgery, you talked about your weight loss and the challenges you have with eating. Where do you stand with those right now? Before I went out to NIH, before my stomach surgery, um, I weighed about 220 pounds. And currently, I'm about 144, 146 pounds just because I've lost a couple pounds in the last few weeks. So that's about a 70 to 75 pound weight loss I've had in the last 13 months or so. And I know when I was at NIH last month for my one year follow up, they did note that I had lost about 31% of my body weight at that point, which was to be expected. They did originally tell me I would lose between 30 to 40% of my body weight. So I'm kind of in the range that they expected. I'm definitely still in the normal BMI uh, or body mass index category for my height and weight. And what new challenges and conversely, what successes have you had in terms of weight loss and eating? So 
I would say that my weight has primarily been stable since the end of May. However, I will admit in these last few weeks, I've been under a lot more stress um, between um, some personal projects I've been doing, uh, between work and then just trying to accommodate personal scheduling. Um, I've been seeing that my weight has been slowly dropping again. Um, so the lowest I've seen that I've gotten down to was 144.2 pounds. Um, usually I seem to range between 147 and 149. Um, so just trying to really hold on to that just because I don't, I don't have a lot of, um, extra weight <laughs> to really lose at this point. My eating, especially like today, I know it's Thanksgiving, but we didn't do a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Um, just been trying to get things really prepared for tomorrow. And then with the decorating, I really got super busy. And I've noticed that if I get super busy and I forget to eat, when I do eat, it's extremely hard to. So unfortunately for me, I probably haven't even had a thousand calories today, which is really bad. Um, I should be trying to aim for about 2000. So I definitely did not eat nearly as much as I should have. Otherwise, at least from a digestive standpoint, you know, things are doing really well still. Uh, the dumping episodes have drastically depleted since I've been monitoring my sugar intake a lot more. I know there are times, uh, <laughs> that I will indulge and I kind of expect it. So I just kind of sit back and wait to start getting those minor feelings of a dumping episode. And then I try to tackle it on, uh, head on without any issue. But otherwise, those episodes have been very infrequent, which has been really good. Now, do you have any updates about your family and their own personal CDH1 journeys? So since starting my CDH1 journey, I know of at least two family members who have tested positive. One was my cousin who had total gastrectomy in the summer of 2021. And another individual was a half-sister from Michigan who tested positive and then had total gastrectomy actually in September of 2021. My half-sister actually did show on her pathology she was starting to have the signs of signet ring cell development, and her doctors actually told her that by doing the surgery and me informing her that I helped save her life. So I feel that definitely being proactive and trying to <laughs> help others to, to know how important genetic testing can be is vital and important. One of my half-sisters did test negative, which I'm very grateful for, just so she doesn't have to worry about going through this. So are there any next steps in your personal CDH1 journey now that you've been living without a stomach for a full year? Part of the reason I've been stressed out these last few weeks is because I have been having multiple doctor's appointments, tests, scans um, for my upcoming bilateral mastectomy, which... Actually, from today is about four days away, so I'm a little stressed out. So I did end up having a CT, had an allergic reaction to it, so I'm still dealing with some hives, had an MRI, had another reaction uh, to that. I had a, a breast MRI and mammogram that both came back essentially pretty normal. Actually, it was a BIRADS-1, which I've never been a BIRADS-1. I've always been either BIRADS-2 or this last time when I had my MRI done at NIH back in April, it came back as a BIRADS-3. So I, I'm i happy to know that it has improved, but I'm still 
going through with the procedure just because I don't want to go through what my aunt did. Um, she was in her early 40s, I believe, the first time she got diagnosed with breast cancer, but then had a recurrence in her in her mid-50s. I just don't want to take that risk. I know I've already had the stomach side of it taken care of, and it was already a stage T1A, but I would just rather go through something prophylactic to take care of it and reduce my risk to a very small percentage. Currently, I'm, I think the percentage could be somewhere between 40 and 60% of a high risk because of the CDH1 mutation. It's hard to know because it seems like that number is changing day to day depending on um, different studies and research. But I will be having the bilateral mastectomy in um, at a hospital, actually local, and then I'm actually going to be having reconstruction at the same time where they're taking belly fat and actually using that to do the reconstruction portion. So I know I'll be in the hospital for a few days and then I'll be off of work for six weeks for recovery. But the reason I, I really want to have this done is because of the aunt that first got her genetic testing and she was the one that found out about the CDH1 mutation. My aunt was in her earlier mid-40s at the time when she was first diagnosed with breast cancer. At that time, she only had one uh, breast removed, not knowing that there was a genetic concern, not knowing that she would have had any recurrence. But unfortunately for her, she did have a recurrence in her mid-50s. She then went on to suffer for six years or so uh, with stage four, um, as it had metastasized in many sites in her body. And unfortunately, that's how she passed away. Um, I believe she was about 61 or 62 at the time when she um, did pass away last year. And that's just not something I want to risk. So I do plan on having this bilateral mastectomy definitely to reduce my risk of breast cancer. Um, as I do know that, again, with my aunt, that it is within the family. Wow. So I guess with it only being a few days away... How are you feeling about these surgeries, the double mastectomy and, and the reconstruction? Uh, the biggest concern I have with the reconstruction is just how things are going to look aesthetically because having surgeries every year, not really fun because I'm going to have a big scar across my abdomen and multiple scars across my chest. So I've joked around with people that I'm going to start looking like Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas with how many scars I'm going to have. But I'm doing it knowing that it's all to try to prolong my life as long as possible. Because if I had a choice between scarring or going through radiation and chemo to prolong my life, I think I'm okay going with a little bit of extra scarring at this point. Over the course of these four episodes, you've painted a pretty vivid picture of what one year has been like for someone who's had their stomach removed and uh, has been living with a CDH1G mutation and now someone who is about to get a double mastectomy. Is there anything you'd like to add? The one thing I do find funny and kind of cute when I do go through dumping episodes as much as they stink, uh, the empathy that my kids give me. Uh, as soon as I say I'm having an episode, they exactly know what that means. Uh, one of the last times I had a really bad episode, I was on the couch and my daughter brought me a stuffed teddy bear because she wanted to make me feel better. So, um, I do find it cute that they, they know, I mean, it stinks that they have to see me go through that, but, um, it's good that 
they're acknowledging that mommy sometimes doesn't feel well because she doesn't have a stomach. And uh, they're, they're very much used to us talking about that at this point. Speaking of your kids, and as we wrap up our time here, do you have any final thoughts on the possibility of your children inheriting the CDH1 gene mutation? I do still worry about the kids um, just because of what their future possibly could be if either of them test positive for this. Again, we have to wait at least 11 years or so for my daughter and then almost 12 years for my son. And, you know, it, it is a little stressful knowing that we have to wait, but I I feel better knowing that there is still continued research into how CDH1 mutation is looked at. And I really hope and pray that when they are older and if either of them test positive, that one, there might be better medical advancements in terms of how they can be preventative or treated for this. If they do have to have surgery, I want them to know that they can look up to me as a mentor and they can see that I have been able to live a life that is full and they see that in me currently on a day-to-day basis. I'm constantly active. I'm constantly doing something and I don't let not having a stomach hold me back. So I, I want my kids to know that life is okay. Life will be okay after a gastrectomy, but hopefully they don't have to go that route. <laughs> Karen, we cannot express how much we appreciate you spending this past year with us, going through all these crucial steps in your CDH1 gene mutation journey from the time before your surgery, um, through the various milestone marks um, as you were living without a stomach, and then now one year out where you're about to get a double mastectomy in addition to the total gastrectomy that you got a year ago. So we are just so grateful that you have shared your story, shared the challenges, but also shared the empowering moments too. Just the fact that you've been so proactive looking at your health and looking at your family history and just being open and being an advocate and just extending that hand out to those who are in a similar situation as you. So at a high level, it's amazing that you've created awareness. Um, and then as we dig down, it's even more educational and relational. And we just appreciate your time speaking to us about all of this. And we wish you nothing but luck as you continue your lifelong journey of living with the CDH1 gene mutation. Thank you. As a follow-up, Karen did have her double mastectomy and reconstruction procedures in late November 2021 with no major complications. Afterwards, when she was tested, it was found that she didn't have any signs of breast cancer. Karen was relieved to hear this and has stated that she has no regrets on getting the procedure done as it was preventative and ensures that she won't develop breast cancer in the future. Nearly a year and a half later, Karen still struggles with eating at times, but her weight has generally plateaued. In early October 2022, she ran her first half marathon and plans on participating in a second one in May 2023, along with two sprint triathlons throughout the year. No matter what challenges she may face with this new lifestyle, Karen plans to adapt and overcome while continuing to advocate 
and give a voice to those with the CDH1 gene mutation and her fellow seahorses. Thank you for listening to A Year in the Life of a Seahorse. Please check out the other episodes to get the full story of Karen's CDH1 gene mutation journey. If you have any concerns about a family history of stomach, breast, or any other kind of cancer, please consider getting genetic testing to empower yourself with knowledge and help inform you on any major life decisions you need to make for yourself. For more information on stomach cancer, please visit No Stomach for Cancer's website at nostomachforcancer.org. That's no stomach for cancer, all one word, dot org. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having.